Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us, and welcome to the Yield Mastermind Talks podcast. With your host, Philip Randazzo. Hello, Yield Mastermind Talks podcast. This is your host, Philip Randazzo. And I am super excited, I'm beyond excited to share with you guys the very special interview for today. And before we get into that, I just wanted to share with you guys some real quick news and updates. So first of all, the first of the year, the first day of 2016 is upon us. I can't even believe it. 2015 just flew by. But for those of you guys who are going out and doing stuff, please be safe, have a fantastic, fun time, and then, of course, please make the most of 2016. And actually, this interview that I'm sharing with you guys today comes at the most perfect time because we are going to be discussing, my guest and I, we're going to be discussing ways to implement change in quick, effective success-driven ways rather than the old, you know, give it your best try New Year's resolution deal. You know, he he's a guy who has formulated a framework. It's called the Lean Breakthrough Framework, and this is something that allows you to break things up into two-week incremental chunks and will allow you to succeed at a much faster rate and build that momentum, which is absolutely critical. And so, Without further ado, let me get into the bio for our guest for today, which is the one and only Mr. Trevor Shirk. And Trevor is the co-founder of Uncommon Human and Uncommon Search Marketing. He is also a captain in the U.S. Army, a West Point graduate, and a Ranger qualified officer. He's published one book titled Lean Breakthrough for Weight Loss, He currently serves as a team leader at the Army Physical Fitness School and leads a team of instructors who travel around the country and teach the Army's Master Fitness Training Course. So as you guys can probably tell, this is a high-level dude who has accomplished some really high-level things. He competed in the Army's Best Ranger Competition, which only 50 to 52 teams from the military installations across the country compete The year that he completed it, only 24 teams completed, and he finished 14th, which is a feat in itself. He served a tour in Afghanistan where he led a team that went and looked for IEDs, and they you know, kind of disassembled those and, and destroyed those to, to allow vehicles to pass safely. I mean, this is a guy who knows how to be a team leader, how to be a leader, how to implement change and do so under drastic measures, under very stressful situations. And he is coming to us with just an immense knowledge and a bunch of actionable things that you guys as listeners can take and implement right away. And like I mentioned earlier, this is one of those interviews that couldn't come at a better time because with the new year coming around, there are things that need to be done, things that you want to change in your life, things that I want to change in my life, and this framework, the Lean Breakthrough Framework, is the way to get it done. I've read the book twice now, I've implemented these frameworks, and I've done a two-week sprint, and I'll tell you what, guys, this is one of the most successful tools that I've ever seen in terms of getting results, 
getting successful results, which is so much different than a lot of the the tools and plans out there that say that you're going to get results. This gets you successful results quick, and it allows you to build that momentum, which is absolutely critical. And then on another note, guys, you know, Trevor's company now, the Uncommon Human, which is a company that wants to tell uncommon people's stories, which is absolutely awesome in my opinion, and then his Uncommon Human marketing company is doing some really cool things. They have a gentleman who is running for Congress, and they are actually the first. They are, yes, I said that. They are the first search engine marketing SEO team that's going to to lead this guy's campaign. It's absolutely crazy, but it just goes to show that they're making leaps and bounds of impact in the field that they're in. You guys, I'm just going to stop talking right now. This interview speaks for itself. I am so pumped to bring you guys this interview. And so without further ado, here is my interview with Mr. Trevor Shirk. All right. Hello, Yield Mastermind Talks podcast. This is your host, Philip Randazzo, and I am sitting here today with Mr. Trevor Shirk. Trevor, how's it going? Going good. How are you doing, man? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm glad we we finally got you on the show. It's going to be a, a great episode today. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. I'm glad we could uh, make it work. Yeah, yeah, me too. And first of all, let me say thank you for your service. And uh, you guys, we are speaking with Trevor Shirk, and he is still currently in the U.S. Army, and he's part of the team that implements the Master Fitness Training Program. And um, so, Trevor, real quick, you know, our audience is primarily young people who are looking to develop themselves gain a little bit more knowledge, utilize some tools. You know, they they know that they have these passions and dreams that they want to accomplish, but they may be struggling in in how to to get there. And so one of the things we love to do on the show is have our guests tell their story. Um, So if you could just kind of share your bullet point story about, you know, what you went through up until joining the military and then, you know, your tour in Afghanistan and then now all the stuff you're doing with Uncommon Human. Okay. Uh, so I'm originally from Johnstown, Pennsylvania. It's a Western part of Pennsylvania by Pittsburgh. So I'm a Steelers fan by birth and have no (laughs) other option to ever be anything else. But, uh, yeah, I grew up in a, you know, a small town. My dad was a coal miner. My mom owned a daycare and, uh, ended up that I, uh, kind of, well, here's where it kind of started. So in 10th grade, I was part of that generation that got to uh, watch 9-11 happen live on TV. So that kind of uh, galvanized something I think that was, you know, lying below the surface, which was a, a passion to serve my country in the military. So I, uh, you know, knew at that point in 10th grade that I would do something with the military. And then uh, from that, I didn't know in what capacity, but uh, when I got to about my junior, senior year, I didn't really have any money for college, and I kind of you know, knew that going to college would be something uh, extremely beneficial. Neither of, uh, I think my sister and I were the first in our family to really go to college, so, wow. we, uh, so I, di- I didn't have the money, and then I knew I wanted to serve in the military, so one of our family friends introduced me to the whole idea of like a military academy. And then from the moment I heard about it, I knew that was the path that I wanted to go. So I ended up putting all my effort, getting focused and, uh, you know, 
applying to West Point, which I got accepted to. I uh, don't know why. Yeah, I was going to say, that's <laughs> a feat in itself. Yeah, and I was by no means the class valedictorian. I think I was average across the board with grades. Took the SATs three times to get a high enough. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know what they were thinking. but uh, <laughs> So got to go there, uh, did my time there. Uh, it was almost like a prison sentence. Uh, <laughs> it was not fun. I mean, it was definitely a game-changing, life-shaping experience. And I owe a debt of gratitude to that institution for all that it kind of forged and brought out of me. And then, uh, but the highlight was graduating and becoming a commissioned officer in the Army and yeah. finally getting back to where what I had wanted to do as a sophomore in high school, which was serve in the military. Mm-hmm. Uh, commissioned as an engineer officer, uh, went through all the basic prerequisite training for that competed for got a slot to go to ranger school as a second lieutenant went to ranger school uh graduated ranger school another life-changing game changing experience going through ranger school i went to my first unit uh did some time on staff waiting to take over a platoon led a platoon uh fortunately got to lead that platoon in combat uh conducting route clearance mission in afghanistan which is finding IEDs that are buried in the road. Uh, then I did a couple months as a battle space owner in a different part of the country as well as an executive officer on a uh, combat outpost. Uh, from that, came back, uh, went through Special Forces selection, got selected, uh, spent some time in that course, uh, ended up figuring out that it just wasn't the best fit and had some priority shift with some family members that you know tragically passed in some car accidents. Mm. Uh, led me to kind of hit a point where I really I felt at that point I had just kind of had my head down and I was just trucking through life and then that kind of punched me right in the gut and then made me stop and look around and think really hard about who I am what I'm doing why I'm doing it and is it truly what I'm supposed to be doing like is this is this right and there were so many things up until that point that I had kind of just suffered through and thought well it'll get better in the future i'll get this position and that'll be awesome for the short time that i'll be in that position um so yeah i kind of hit that point and then you know reevaluated and kind of figured a different path was the way to go and then that was about the time that we started throwing around the idea of uncommon human and uh starting a website focused around highlighting all the remarkable people out there that are just uncommon they you know, are just the one percenters of the yeah. world. Uh, that kind of, you know, has morphed into all kinds of stuff and opportunities <laughs> and working with American Dream U as well, speaking to help vets, you know, kind of see what is capable out there. And then I guess after that, we kind of, you know, I really got into the idea of helping businesses, you know, get the result that they want and using targeting skills to do that. Uh, my partner and I, have a lot of experience targeting um, him more so through you know the hunting down of terrorists and mine more through figuring out where to go focus on finding what's hidden and bring that to the surface and help people achieve what they want. So that's when we launched the uh, search marketing company. So that's what we're currently working on right now. That's incredible. That is an incredible story. And uh, so real quick, you said you were commissioned as an engineer officer. So what did you graduate with from West Point? 
Uh, I have a bachelor's in environmental engineering. Okay. And then my commission was into the engineer branch of the army. Awesome. Awesome. And so I guess really we'll just start dissecting this. So you said you went to ranger school in terms of, you know, obviously I'd like to hear what rangers, what ranger school is like, but also like in terms of leadership and in terms of what you're doing now, what, you know, what was the biggest takeaway or the couple biggest takeaways that you have from ranger school that kind of set you up to, to, to be accomplishing what you're accomplishing right now? Okay. So with ranger school, it's a, uh, one of the big takeaways you can take out of something like ranger school is that, you know, anybody can make it through ranger school, you know, like anybody can do it. It is possible, but you have to show up knowing that you're going to be there as long as it takes. Mm. So with the end in mind, you can start and really say, I don't, it doesn't matter. Nothing else matters, but finishing this right now and I will do whatever it takes to, you know, make it because it's meant to take away all the comfortable things that allow you to kind of perform well all the time. I mean, you're deprived of sleep, food, time, prep time, and they just, you know, it's by science, it's scientifically designed to put you into some adversity that then teaches you about yourself. And then you lead under pretty much the worst circumstances. And, uh, it definitely like the leadership aspect, being able to like, pull together when every all the chips are down and you know plant your back foot and hang in there and then uh you know one the other thing was that you know just the whole fact of knowing before you show up that you're going to succeed and that kind of goes back to i think the the art of war sun tzu like mm-hmm. you know the victors always win in their mind first and then they go to war uh you know you learn how to deal without food without sleep And you realize, you know, another huge takeaway is that you just come out of there and you just realize you're capable of way more than you ever thought. And I think a lot of people lack, you know, they don't get the opportunity in their life to go through something that truly is going to challenge and set, you know, set the standard or set the new bar for the rest of your life. So uh, for me, I was extremely grateful that I got the opportunity to go because some people don't and that. That's a shame because I wish everyone could go through something like that that truly makes you figure out who you are and what you're capable of and that you're tough enough to do it. Yeah, and that, that that's such sage advice because a lot of people are so stuck in their comfort zone. They're stuck in safety. And, mm-hmm. you know, if they were to just know and be able to take that leap and get involved in something that was going to push them in ways they maybe have never been pushed – but, you know, before doing that, if they could just realize that all they have to do is get through it, like like you said, anybody can do really anything nowadays with the tools that we have. It's just a matter of knowing you can do it and sticking it out as long as it takes. I think people are so they're so easy to give up at the first sign of any struggle or obstacle. And so it just if we could all take that information and use it, you know, just stick with it. You can do it. Just stick with it. That's that is incredible advice. And with that, so talking about ranger school, you were also in the best ranger competition and um, you finished 14th in that competition. If you could real quick, just, I know probably a lot of our audience has no idea what that competition is and the fact that finishing 14th is actually an insanely awesome feat. So if you could just kind of share what that experience was like and and maybe some of the the biggest things you learned from that. Yeah, absolutely. So 14th was good. You're right. But I would have liked to finish you know, like first or second. Of course. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so, you know, every year 
the uh, the Army puts on a competition called the Best Ranger Competition. And anybody who ha- has qualified Ranger, you know, has completed Ranger school successfully, you know, they can come compete. And every installation generally, you know, there's a tryouts, two to three different tryouts to get the best people onto the team and then pick the best two-man team that will go compete. So this last year when we did it, there were 52 teams, 24 finished, and we were 14th. Uh, you know, we only got to send one team because it's, it's competitive just to get teams into the competition. And then once you do, bigger units like uh, that have a lot more people get more teams into the competition. Mm-hmm. We only got one. So we, to have one team in and one team finish is awesome. But so it's a 60-hour event, starts on a Friday morning in the darkness and ends on a Sunday afternoon. Uh, yeah, you know, it's pretty intense. You don't stop but a couple hours throughout the whole thing. Uh, we ran out of food by the end. <laughs> they only give you so much, and that's what you have to work with. Uh, yeah, I mean, we it was an awesome experience. I would say it was probably the most challenging physical event and you know mentally taxing event i'd done in the military uh in competition or in tryouts or anything like that uh you know like things you do in afghanistan are absolutely way more intensive and way more taxing but for a physical you know trial of endurance and or toughness and resilience that was that was pretty intense but cool yeah i mean 60 hours of anything with just a couple hours rest is going to be insanely intense. Now, what, like to you uh, and your partner, what was the toughest obstacle that you guys had to do during that event? Uh, so I think it's the, you do a road march all night with your pack on. And, uh, you know, a lot of people train for a certain distance and you're used to that. And then you, you do a night road march and you don't know how far it is. It's dark. You've been up. You're approaching at least this last competition. It was the first night. So, you know, you've been up. It was dark when you started. It's, you know, turned into light. It's gone back into darkness because you're, you know, going through the days. And then, uh, which was our like little milestones, like every change of daylight to darkness <laughs> was a win. We were like, woohoo, it's, yeah. it's coming up, man. Like it's a new day. We don't have to repeat the old day again. But, uh, you know, like, so that night road march, just walking and not knowing how far we had to go yet to finish and not knowing really how far we had gone and just knowing that we had been walking for the last four or five hours. I don't even remember. And just, you know, already being exhausted when we started. uh, Yeah, I mean, that was just, I would say, the toughest part. And then it's quiet, you know, like you can talk with your just, you know, you, after a couple hours, it's spread out with people walking all over the place. So it's not like you see a lot of visually stimulating things. You're just walking in the dark with a red, you know, red light pointed at the ground and you just Jeez. step, put out, you know, step after step, keep going. So. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's, I, I couldn't even imagine. I, I don't like walking in, in the daylight, let alone in darkness with the pack on for, for an unknown amount of time or distance. That's, that's crazy. And so, you know, you, so you have a partner in that event. Did you learn mm-hmm. anything um, unique about teamwork or collaboration during that event in particular? Yeah, absolutely. Like you have to, you know, obviously be self-aware of your weaknesses and your strengths. And then you have, you almost have to understand your partner, your teammates, weaknesses and strengths just as well. Because, you know, it's like any 
team sport. Not everybody has all the pieces, but as a team, you generally do. So my partner and I kind of knew there were things that I was stronger at and things that he was stronger at, knowing when the right time for him to take the lead. Because we were both the same rank. There was no like structure of who's in charge. But you know, in moments where he was better at this skill that we were being tested on, he took charge. And then moments where hey, I'm better at finding points in the dark, so let me run this piece of it, you know, and then you, hey, you take care of this, I'll do this. And just being able to kind of sync up very well was, you know, something, you know, so I guess the lesson out of it was that I really, you know, value now the understanding people's strengths, weaknesses, their personality, their, how they tick, what makes them tick, what makes them angry, you know, what, knowing them, you know, knowing your teammates just as well as yourself and also communicating your weaknesses and like, Hey, I'm not comfortable doing that. Like, I don't, you know, there was a piece of that competition that, you know, my team, my partner who is now in med school is, a uh, absolutely was the guy. Like I was like, Hey man, you got to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll pick up these other things, but this is yours. Like, you know, treating this casualty and knowing where to put all the bandages and what to call up and that he's, has a, you know, gunshot wound in the left, whatever, you know, part. And I was like, all I know how to do is put the tourniquet above the wound. <laughs> like, I can do that. You want me to do that? Yep, I got it. So <laughs> that part of it was, you know, I think powerful. Understanding the team dynamics. What we're, you know, playing to the strengths on the team. Not, you know, always letting one person just run the show when that person maybe wasn't the best to do that. Yeah, that that is fantastic advice because I know so the mastermind group, the yield mastermind group that uh my buddy and I run together, you know, that's something that we've learned throughout that process and then also from from me playing college basketball, you you know, everybody wants to be this the the number one scorer. Everybody wants to have the best statistics, but when people play their roles in the way that they're meant to play their roles and you know, the roles that they're best at, that's when the team functions at its highest level. And that's something that I've learned, you know, with this mastermind group as well, is that when I take, like, for instance, this podcast, you know, when I took control of the podcast, it started to take off in ways that, you know, it was kind of being held back when both of us were trying to collaborate. And now, you know, he's doing a lot of things that he's better at. So I think that's fantastic advice. And so I want to kind of get into your lean breakthrough for weight loss, the the book that you wrote. And um, I know that, in the book, you talk about the process kind of came about when you were in Afghanistan and you realized that you had to be like, it was such a critical in the moment thing. You had to figure out what was going on, you know, take action and move on to the next thing. And it was those small wins that kept adding up for you that helped. So maybe just explain a little bit about how that circumstance brought about, you know, this lean breakthrough that, that you now utilize. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, one of the biggest, you know, moments for that I witnessed was, you know, we had came, come into country and we had relieved a unit. They had taught us how to do our job and get, uh, given us the latest and greatest. Like, this is how we operate, this is how we do this. And, you know, we had taken great, wonderful notes and we had, you know, soaked it up and been out on missions with them and kind of, you know, stood beside them while they did it. And then in the end, though, like what what it came down to the moment that we had the breakthrough was when we had done, you know, found a bomb and destroyed it ourselves from start to finish without any of them. They had already left country. Like, and then we had 
done the whole process. And at that moment, and I didn't, you know, really understand as much of it till later when I kind of re went back through, you know, where it came from, but getting that result was more powerful than really anything because it, it brought about the confidence. It got momentum going. It, it like proved, we proved to ourselves we could do it. And then, you know, at a later date, we went through some, you know, trials and tribulations, some, you know, setbacks, obstacles. And in the end, like it, having the mentality like that, you know, we're going to do what it takes to succeed and to win um, mixed with, Hey, let's get to the result. Let's test and retest and experiment and innovate as fast as possible because the stakes are so high. That's what really kind of went into the mixing bowl and came out with, you know, the, what I wrote the book from, because what I witnessed was that everybody is struggling. You know, I, I looked around and I think it was like nine out of 10 people in my life had weight loss they were struggling with it and i'd known how i had solved it in my life and i just broken it into a two-week sprint where i focused on these six things that i knew contributed to weight loss and then it was like a two-week experiment and what i ended up figuring out was that man by just focusing for the next two weeks on these six things that i know help lose weight out of those a couple of those habits you know they ended up turning the habits stuck and you know that small win now you know, expand that over time and it's powerful. And on top of that, I got the result fast. Like I got results. And I think that's, sometimes we try to win the whole, the whole war, the whole battle in one fail swoop. Like people pick up, you know, I'm sure there'll be a huge increase in sales of a fitness program off the TV here in the next couple of weeks. And people will be like, Hey, starting Monday, I am now, you know, 100% going to change everything in my life. And the reality is like, that's it's not going to happen because that solution worked for, you know, could have worked for a thousand people, but that's still not you. That's not your mm-hmm. situation. Your specific, you know, lifestyle, your specific need is not the same. So with Lean Breakthrough for weight loss, it's just a framework that helps you pretty much solve your own problem, you know, by rapid experimentation, and rapid, you know, testing and retesting of what works. And then ultimately, like, it's been a game changer because now there's no need to change everything all at once. We can do a two-week sprint, figure out what worked, keep it. What doesn't work, we can finally let it go that that's not going to work for us and find the ne- find what will work for us. Like, for me, I'm never going to be good at working out after work. Like after yep. five o'clock or seventeen hundred, like I don't like to go to the gym and spend an hour and a half there. It's just yep. it does not fit how I operate. Like I tried so many times. I packed clothes. I even went through the whole. I'm gonna lay out these clothes and I'm gonna yeah. do this. <laughs> so I'll like prep things, but in the end, like it just, you know, it wasn't right for me. So finally, being able to say, "Hey, it's not right for me," and throw it out, you know, allowed me to move on to go find something that did work. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know for me, I'm one of those types of people that likes to try and eat the whole elephant in one bite and it just, it just doesn't work. And and it just ultimately, and you, you hit on it greatly in the book is like, you just get so discouraged and down on yourself because you say, okay, I'm going to go do this. And then you don't do it. And it's just beating down on you because you're not accomplishing what you're telling yourself you're going to accomplish. And then after I read the book, I started doing some some two-week sprints. I did one with coffee, and then I did one with exercise. And it, it really makes such a big difference because 
you know it's only going to last two weeks. You don't have to focus on five or ten different things. You just focus on one thing and you Mm -hmm. devote all your effort to that one thing. And then, like you said, what works will stick and will carry on and what doesn't work for you, like, you know, finding out that you can't work out after you're done working, that's going to fall away and and you don't have to worry about that anymore. And so – yeah, it's it's an awesome framework, and for for everyone who's a part of the Yield Mastermind group, we're gonna get everybody copies to this um, because we think. I know uh, I just recently introduced it to our co-founder, my buddy JT. He was in the Marines, um, and I was telling him about this framework, and he was very very interested. And after he looked at it, he was so blown away. So we're gonna make sure to do that. Um, but one of the things I wanted to talk to you about in in regards to the fr- to the sprints, you know, you you came up with this framework, and I know in the book you talk about some other um, some other ways that that other people were executing these things quickly. I forget the names of them, but um, you know, you did you look at other frameworks before you found this one, and were they or obviously they weren't that successful? You know, could you just talk a little bit about that? Well, in frameworks, do you mean like programs or? Like- yeah, like like programs. I know you talk about the, the one of them was Kaizen and the Toyota process. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the uh, so one of the things when I started the transition out of the military was to go. You know, I'm all, I love learning and I love learning new things, and I got introduced by my brother-in-law to Scrum and Scrum. I guess you call Scrum theory for software development and. They do sprints and they do uh, for software launching products, building out you know segments of it. They commit to a backlog. They focus on it in a sprint uh, for a duration of like two to four weeks. They have uh, like a they have boards they use to track it. They do a lot of stuff like that, and it's very you know like they've seen people get like two hundred percent increases in productivity. Uh, it's been used for a lot of. Uh, projects out there that are kind of stalled out. So that was that mixed with the experiences, you know, being deployed and experiences I'd had developing like frameworks for, you know, the framework I did develop for losing weight that kind of, you know, definitely were inspirations. And that was one of the things that, you know, was just powerful was the, uh, the ability to focus for an organization you know, some of the other teams I've worked on in the military, when when you're allowed to kind of cut away the other stuff and focus on this piece of the puzzle for this period of time, you end up, you know, delivering a lot better product because you're not you're not bogged down in the minutiae that doesn't matter. You're focused on exactly, you know, getting that result at the end. So I know yeah. in software it's more about deliver uh, deliverables and you know, shipping in two weeks a piece of working code for something. But the framework I have is more of just focused on your own personal, like, uh, iterate, iterate, what would you call it? Like an iteration or cycles of experimentation. So. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. And so for someone who wants to start a two week sprint, do you have a recommended, like, let's say you want to lose weight. Is there like a recommended number of items that you should focus on or like a, you know, maybe a, like a four, four to six items in your sprint or what, what is like, what have you found to be uh, the best way to go about it? Yeah. So the losing weight, I mean, you know, like what I think is crazy about the weight loss stuff is just that it's been written about so much and it's so saturated with top tens. But if you look across a lot of them, like 
it's the same stuff, like drink more water. So, you know, and I, that was kind of like a, a realization I had was that it's not about the knowledge. It's about the execution of what you know you should be doing. So for me, if I had to give you like the top three, I would do the, the Tim Ferriss, uh, 30 grams of protein, 30 minutes after waking up, have mm. that shake, uh, have that protein shake or, you know, right after you wake up, uh, that was one thing that was extremely beneficial for me. And I continue to do the gallon of water a day. Like that's maybe not for everybody, but for, you know, guys that are built like us that we can do that. And mm-hmm. it's like, we've heard drinking more water a lot, but how many times have you actually created a system in your life to make sure you drink enough water yeah. and make sure you're consuming enough water. And then, uh, the other one was just clean up at least one meal. Like I, you know, in my first sprint, I cleaned up my lunch and I packed a lunch that, you know, was not making me feel sick and was clean, like a clean paleo type of lunch, which I had had experience doing paleo in the past. And I never like kept with it long enough, but I just changed that aspect of the lunch. Like I would pack the same lunch for pretty much the whole week. I would just switch out the leftover, you know, main portion. But yeah, yeah those would be the three is, uh, the other thing too, like in the last couple of months, you know, there's a lot of apps out there. Like the, yeah. my, uh, what is it? Uh, the one we recommend is the, uh, my fitness pal app yeah, yeah, yeah. scan the barcodes. Like had I known about that, just documenting everything I put into, you know, consumed in a week would be powerful because I think if you have all that data, you could easily know, you know, all the different stuff. Yeah, you know, like exactly for once everything that you do eat because I think a lot of times we don't we don't even realize that you know we're you know we're doing harm to ourselves that we're eating too much. So. Yeah, <laughs> and it's tough because you don't know what serving sizes are what, and you just kind of are putting things into your body and you have no clue. And I just wanted to ask that because you know, like you said, for those of us that that go to gyms and and work out on a regular basis throughout the year, we always see a huge a huge upsurge in January because everyone's making these resolutions and you know, it's, it's like we talked about, it's like that, you know, they, it's so, it's such a big idea to say, I'm going to work out, you know, five days a week for the entire year of 2016. And then Mm -hmm. the first, in the first month, they don't get five days a week. And now all of a sudden they cut out everything. It just would make so much more sense to implement a sprint because you can, see what you're doing. And then after two weeks, you can just make a change instead of saying, okay, well, I didn't do exactly this way. So I failed. Let's move on to the next thing. So I think that's awesome advice. So for everybody out there listening who needs some weight loss tips um, (laughs) for the new year, make sure that you do it in sprint portions. Don't, don't try and bite, you know, eat the elephant all in one bite. Just take it in chunks. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then we ended up doing it with other aspects like the personal finance and stuff and just, you know, just what you can change in two weeks can have a lifelong, you know, benefit. You know, yeah. it's the game changer, you know, for 20 years from now. So that's awesome. That's awesome. And so, um, you know, you talk a little bit about apps. And one of the questions that I wanted to ask you was, you know, in doing these sprints and in utilizing this lean breakthrough process, do you, are you doing this pen and paper? Do you have, um, 
Is there an app that you utilize? Is there, do you use Google Docs? I mean, how are you documenting this for yourself? I know in the book you, you have pictures of your whiteboard where you had written down what you wanted to do in your sprint. Um, I just was curious how you document and how you keep track. Yeah, so, you know, in my house, I put it where I can see it on a, like either a whiteboard or, a, you know, my wife and I created a template that you can fill it in and do it because we were filling them out for a lot of different things. And when people get the book, they can get the template. Uh, I just share it in the book. You can download it. But yeah, I mean, that's kind of, I don't have an app or anything and you could use Evernote, a note. You can use notes on your phone, reminders or like a daily appointment, uh, something like that that just reminds you of it every day or that you see it regularly. Yeah. So, I was going to say making sure that it's visible you know, at least, at least once a day, but primarily in, in best case scenario, something that's visible all the time so that it's a constant reminder. Because I know for me, like, it's funny, just recently, I've, I've been filling out the five minute journal, which is a really cool thing that I do in morning and at night. And uh, I just recently relocated to a different room and I forgot to put the journal right next to my bed. And so, you know, I had done this for like 27 days in a row. And then one night I hadn't filled it out because it wasn't right there next to me. And it's, it's, you know, even for someone who has the habit, it still needs to be visible because if it's not, you can forget. So I think that's, that's awesome advice. And, um, you know, just speaking of that, I'm just curious, Trevor, do you have any, um, you know, daily rituals or morning rituals that you do on a daily basis? Yeah. So, uh, I definitely, uh, believe in the getting up early. You know, part of that was I don't have a choice for the majority <laughs> of my life now. But uh, uh, I do think you know the mornings that I you know can pattern and do exactly what I want. Having the ritual of waking up, uh, I start the coffee and then I move and do some a little bit of meditation, some praying, and the devotional. Uh, and then from there, I move into. Uh, you know, kind of thinking about a couple things to do throughout the day. And I try to knock out one or two before I take off to do anything else. Uh, I think for me, at least getting through that correctly and getting the benefit out of it really uh, sets my day up. Like I, I feel like the day is already won and now everything else is icing on the cake. So I didn't, you know, some days when you are yanked out of bed by a call and you gotta, you're late or you got to run, like it just sets a bad precedent yeah. for the rest of the day. And it just seems like it compounds unless you can interrupt that and kind of reset. But uh, yeah, that's for me kind of has helped a lot. Like I just pulled down a 10-minute guided meditation off of uh, YouTube and then kind of follow along with it or – you know, just focus on some of the like seal fit type of uh, breathing, mm. uh, box breathing, just deep breathing. But uh, yeah, that's kind of what I do in the mornings. A lot of my life has been, you know, getting up, putting on my PT uniform, running out the door, <laughs> you know, right to PT and then, you know, training with soldiers. So and like getting a good workout in right away. So that part is just as powerful. I mean, if you get up and go right into running or working out like that, that to me would be the same as meditation or like, you know, getting your thoughts together if you're out on, you know, a long run or, you know, going through a workout. So, yeah, yeah, that's something that we've seen in the in the group. And then for me personally, is once I started implementing a morning ritual and, and actually sticking to it. Um, and I think the morning because I, I had a nightly ritual and it 
it was good, but like you said, when things pull your attention first thing in the day, it's really hard to get back on track. And mm -hmm. uh, like a guy like Tim Ferriss talks about how he makes his bed everything in the morning first thing because that's one thing he can control. And then at the end of the night, he comes home and the bed's made. And so he can at least have that one win for the day. So yeah. it just makes so much sense to do that. And uh, and and so we're, we're, we'll kind of, you know, fast track here. So with with Uncommon Human, um, what exactly are you and your partner trying to accomplish? Because I know you have Uncommon Human and now you have the Uncommon Human um, search engine marketing that you're trying to do. So if you could just talk a little bit about that and, and what you're trying to accomplish. Yeah, absolutely. So with Uncommon Human, you know, it's more of meant to uh, inspire and to highlight, you know, those remarkable people out there that are the one percenters who are, you know, just masters of their craft or people that are going above and beyond who, you know, are just that person, that uncommon person who's out there in the trenches, you know, getting after it, fighting. And, uh, you know, we kind of, it was born because we looked around and we just, you know, this could come off in the wrong way, but we just looked around and there were just so many people that were so satisfied with mediocrity and they were just so <laughs> comfortable and so happy to just, you know, whether they were happy or not, I don't know. And may, everybody has a different, you know, scale of what is, you know, happiness. But for us, we just saw it as like, man, you know, that's that's a shame that, you know, you're, you don't have a lot to look forward to or you're not chasing down an awesome dream or goal or vision. Yeah. So we just kind of, you know, then you start running into people who you can tell are like alive with passion and purpose. And then you're like, wow, that person's uncommon. Like, you know, they're the very best at this and they just love it and they get so alive and you can tell that they're just living on the cutting edge. And so with Uncommon Human, our goal is just to highlight those people, to take what they've learned or what they do and just share it so that it inspires someone to actually go chase down what they, you know, what they want to do or what they've always wanted to do. And they just have kind of kept it hidden. Uh, with the search engine marketing, it is, you know, we we really like truly enjoy and are passionate about helping people reach their goals. So when we started to transition from the military, you know, we started to realize that, hey, we have a lot of leadership skills. We have a lot of ability to lead teams, to build teams, to work on teams, but we need to get, you know, skills in a different capacity because nobody's going to want to know how to go find a, you know, IED on the side of the road in Columbia, South Carolina, you know, yeah. so I hope not. So, you know, for us, it was kind of a, a deep dive into like, well, how can we help people reach their goals? What is a capacity that kind of is intriguing and very, you know, uh, doable, something that we can really help people with. And then we just settled in on marketing and then the actual, you know, a lot of my experience was taking new technologies and bringing them online and using them in the right capacity so that they deliver the most value. So a lot of times we would have a new gizmo or gadget come out and we would have to figure out if this was going to help us or hurt us or help us get what we want. So now mm -hmm. we're doing that in the capacity of with search marketing of, you know, if a company is getting after it in their own way, but we can help them, you know, get to the masses or put them where they want to be online or help their online presence you know, serve their business, which helps them serve more clients and have a bigger impact, you know, that's fulfilling for us and what we do. So that's how we settled, you know, on the search engine marketing as like, this is the avenue that we can deliver the most value because we have this 
unique experience, unique experiences looking at, you know, problems and kind of assessing what needs to get targeted. What's the lead domino that starts, you know, the reaction that we want. And so now we've channeled that into marketing and specifically the online side of the marketing. So yeah, that's kind of how we settled on that. That's awesome. And so I say Did settled, you, but we actually chose. It's not yeah, like yeah. settled. Yeah, you know. yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, you know, you going to do this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's and that's and that's a good point, though. Is you know, because people do settle, and uh, it's it's unfortunate. And like you said, I'm I'm the same way. Like I look around and see people who are are okay with with average and not you know striving for something, and it just blows my mind because you know life is so short. How can we? sit back and not try and accomplish something and make meaning in what we're doing. Um, so I think it's awesome that you're bringing those stories to people because I know for me, one of the biggest things that helps is hearing other people's stories and like even someone who's found a lot of success and who is a motivated person, you know, like you and I, that we still need to hear those stories on a daily basis because it just reaffirms, you know, why we're doing what we're doing. And so with, you know, with finding you know, you, you realize that you had these tools to, you know, help people ultimately with marketing, but did you go through a process to figure out that you had these specific tool sets and that's how you were going to do this? Or, you know, did you just know that, Hey, I'm, I'm good at, you know, searching things out and, you know, taking action. So that's what I'm going to help people do. Or was there something that you did to kind of figure out what your why is or what you wanted to do? Yeah. I mean, I think, I definitely uh, started with the why, the purpose, and I knew that I had, you know, some of those highlights throughout my past had always been helping people reach some type of goal. And for a while, I kind of was all over the place trying to figure out in what capacity can I do that, you know, with a business in the future. So, I mean, that was a very, you know, kind of, I know this is what I like to do, how I'm going to do that in the future and, you know, outside of the military or in, you know, a different capacity was definitely something I didn't know, didn't know for a while. Probably was about a year, year and a half of experimenting and, you know, just learning. But I mean, to get to where we figured that out, you know, I kind of, it was a long process of, you know, dipping my toe in the water and like seeing like, uh, you know, I don't really like to write every day. So maybe, you know, just writing a blog is not, yeah. you know, up, up my alley. Um, maybe this isn't, maybe, you know, this is, or, you know, spend some time in a corporate office and realize, uh, maybe this <laughs> isn't, you know, maybe I don't like the being in a building all day, or maybe this isn't, you know, how I envisioned, you know, having the biggest impact. So through all of those, like kind of mini experiments, you know, I kind of, I ran into some folks who did something similar and uh, I just really thought it was cool. I mean, they, to me, it just was so intriguing. Like, how do you do that? And then that kind of like intrigued me to the point where I just couldn't learn enough about it. And then I just started doing it. Like we had already had the uncommon human sites. So and I was like, ah, how can I like position it? What's the best way to go about presenting it? And then really understanding what, the goal is before we start doing anything, because if you don't know what you're going after or what you're targeting, you know, there's, it's just kind of a waste because you don't really know, you won't be able to measure it. You won't know if it had any value or it is worthwhile. So I kind of think that, you know, that was really how 
kind of arrived there was through that type of tribulation of testing things and figuring it out yeah. and then luckily running into somebody who had a similar business and then thinking, man, like we could do that. And then I'll be honest with you, the, one of the hardest things was like feeling worthy enough to actually do it. Like mm-hmm. I, you know, prior to diving into this like a year ago, you know, I'd never been a tech, you know, I'd never wrote code for anything. <laughs> But that's the what's so cool about the world right now is like literally if you are willing, anything's possible. Like you can do anything. Like there is enough YouTube videos, enough programs, enough free educational resources, enough people that are out doing it that will show you what they're doing because so many people have that abundance mindset of like, well, I don't care. I'll show you exactly what I did to be successful. I'll show you this. And, you know, like what you're doing, like highlighting what people are doing and sharing openly. So like, there's no reason you can't transition into a whole different field and bring with you what succeeded in the last field, which for us is the military and leadership, now yeah. going into a different capacity, a different field and delivering the most value there. So for us, we're finding that it's just it's a competitive advantage. What others would see as a a weakness is a strength, you know? Yeah. We we were like, no, we we're not like every other search marketing company and we will never be like every other one because we're not them we are us and this is what we've done and now we are doing this and we can help you get where you want to go yeah yeah that that's awesome and i i i battle with the same thing of like the feeling worthy and i think Mm -hmm. one of the things that you did that's different from a lot of people is that you you know, you had these ideas of what you, you know, your skill set and how you thought you could utilize them. And you actually went out and tried things. I think so many people are so afraid to even cross that boundary of, okay, I think I could do this. Let me step out and try it. People are so afraid they don't even step out and try it. And I think that's one of the things that, you know, people in our mastermind group are realizing. And that's what I'm trying to bring to people is like, if you, you know, there's people that are doing successful things and it's not, it's it's the it's simple but not easy. You know, the the things they're doing you can emulate and you'll be able to do it, but it's not going to be an easy process. You're going to have to stick through some things, you're going to have to figure some things out, but it's it's totally doable. And so yeah. yeah, it's it's just it's interesting to me, but you know, thank you for sharing that story and um so really with that, um that kind of brings us to the end of the main interview portion here and so I have some rapid fire questions Trevor and uh if you are ready I will uh sling those at you. <laughs> All right, let's go. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so when you think of success, who is the first person that comes to mind? So I, I would Yeah, so my grandfather does and okay. uh a lot of people I know say the you know the Warren Buffetts, Steve Jobs, the you know other billionaires and people that by all conventional means are the success. But I know for me in my walk, my path, you know my grandfather had the biggest impact. His mm-hmm. mentorship, his teaching when I was young, I worked for him uh, when I was really young, and the way he lived his life and the way you know he lived it on his terms is definitely what I deem success. And by no means, you know, is he a financial billionaire or millionaire or anything other people may say successful. But for me and having, you know, put me on the right path at a a young age, you know, like that 
to me was success, like having someone like him to emulate a mentor like that. So I do think all those other, you know, high profile success people are successful, but you know, at least for me, like that was, you know, that's who I see as successful. Yeah. And everybody has a different view of what successful is. And it's just a matter of the, the, the gratitude or the, the gravity of the impact that the person makes. Is there, that's just a, an offshoot question. Is there, you know, one lesson or one thing that he taught you that resonated with you and still does today? Yeah. I mean, he exercised a like intense amount of humility and, mm-hmm. um, he listened so very intently that you were never judged, you know, like you could have the most off the wall thought and he would flip it back on you with a question that was, you know, made you sit there and think like, Oh, maybe it's <laughs> wrong. And he did it. And it was in a way that like, he could have just easily been like, Hey, you're an idiot. Don't do that. You know, like, yeah. but by his way, his approach, it like forced you to kind of like sit. Oh, man that oh that makes sense and then he was like ah you know like so (laughs) yeah like he is and he's just you know humble like he's him and my grandmother were two people that impacted thousands of lives like they you know had raised foster children their whole life somewhere like over 50 kids they you know were active members in the community and the church and like you know i remember as a little kid going around on like a sunday delivering meals to elderly folks with him and like you know, to see things like that as a young, impressionable kid, you know, probably with an attitude and probably a little bit arrogant, um, you know, it's just, it's one of those, like, you run across something like that, you get on the right path, the mentorship you know, carries with you, and, you know, you kind of run with it then, so. Yeah, that's, man, that is awesome. That's, if everybody in the world had someone like that to impression them early in life, the world would be a very different place. Yeah, and he's a good storyteller. Like, I try to get him to just record, just talk into a recorder because the stories are just, you know, like only a grandfather can tell stories that way. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Um, So, Trevor, what what one book book would you recommend or do you gift the most to people? Okay, so, man, I don't have one book, but I would say – Books like it could, the it could one be a thing. number of them. Yeah, so books like Essentialism, The One Thing, mm. The Art of Learning, the Tim Ferriss books, uh, Spartan Up. I'm looking at my bookshelf right now, so the ones <laughs> that actively get used. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's so many out there that you know those classics, the Napoleon Hill classics. Those mm-hmm. definitely. Um, yeah. I would say all yeah. those. I mean, it's hard to pin one book. Like I'm, a, yeah. I love reading and like, like I buy a lot of books on Amazon. So yeah, like yeah. And in six months, I'll have a new book that I'm like, this is the best book ever. Yeah, so. no, no, I'm I'm right there with you. I I have the same I have the same problem. Yeah. Like it's and it's so easy to buy stuff on Amazon and it gets there yeah. if you have Prime the next day. It's just like yeah. you're like that oh, book I sounds interesting. Now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that that's awesome. Um, so. Besides this this podcast here, what other one podcast or uh, outside resource would you recommend? Okay, so podcast, man, I would say you got if you're into the marketing, the I love marketing uh, with yeah. Dean Jackson, Joe Polish, like you know, and that's just world class education for free. 
the yep. 10x talks with Dan Sullivan absolutely you can't you know it's just free stuff that is just worth so much and then uh you know I listen I love the Tim Ferriss uh podcast yep. the uh the Spartan Up has some good interviews from Joe DeSena the less doing Ari Mizel and the uh I listen to a trigger cast for uh, marketing Joe Troyer stuff and um, let me think who else. Oh, Ben Greenfield for the fitness stuff. Yep. Um, I'm a subscriber to Yield podcast now awesome. as well. So, Fantastic. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. There's so many out there that I guess if you had to pick one of those, it would depend on what you want. Like, yeah, there's people out there that are into the same stuff talking about it. So there's no reason to not get on a podcast and search for exactly what you want and the other thing that people miss is like if you like a speaker just search their name and yeah. find every podcast they've been in and listen to them and you can you know if you really resonate with someone you know they're probably featured on podcasts find them yeah exactly that's totally right is the, the, and a lot of the people that you hear on high level podcasts are, are just circulating on other shows. You just have to type their name in and you'll be able to find it. Yeah. But those, those awesome. are all fantastic, fantastic resources. I listen to a lot of those myself. Some of those I'm going to have to look up, but uh, of course for everybody listening, those will all be linked to in the show notes. Um, but, but thank you for sharing. I mean, you're, you're so right. It's like the inform the amount of free information out there that really can have a 10 X impact is insane. If you're just willing to, to search it out and actually listen to it. Like I know people who know about these things, but they can't devote 30 minutes, an hour to listen to something that's going to grow them in a way that, you know, is just unimaginable. It's, it blows my mind. Yeah. yeah it's insane that they pass up the opportunity. It's like, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's really, it blows my mind, but, uh, but that's what sets people apart. So as long as they keep doing that, it makes me look good. <laughs> um, so, Trevor, if you had to pick one part of your daily routine to do for the rest of your life, if you couldn't do any other parts of your daily routine, what would that one part be? Ooh, I guess the the exercise, the working out. I think I think you could, you know, get a lot of the other stuff while you're working out. So, if yeah. you had to condense, you could. <laughs> go on long runs and meditate and you could go on yeah. you know, like long runs and pray and you could go on long runs and think and you could go <laughs> you know you could work out and do other stuff so i would say that part and then the residual of well i'm physically moving i'm feeling better it's really you know biologically doing stuff and yeah i think i guess i would have to say that like the daily routine of physical training you know yeah, it's, it's such a huge factor and it trickles in like mental clarity, you know, just having a healthy body trickles into so many other areas. I'm I'm right there with you on on that being a, a major impactor on a day to day basis. Um, so, Trevor, kind of a different question here for you. What's your favorite movie and why? Whew, so my favorite movie is Road Warrior, the old one. <laughs> and, I, and I think it was because I used to. I guess I still do, but I used to really like cars, and I thought that was just the coolest car. And Mel Gibson's like the coolest character in that. <laughs> uh, recently, though, I guess like my recent favorite is definitely the uh, the Avengers movie with the Hulk, mm. not the yep. latest one, the Ultron one, but the one before 
when he cl- when he goes up there and grabs the Loki character yeah. and just like crushes him, and you know, <laughs> guys are like, "Oh, I'm a god," and he's like puny god, <laughs> something like. I don't know how anyone doesn't get fired up when he like turns into the Hulk, you know? At the yeah, end. It just, yeah. that's so cool. Like, yeah. what, a good, what a great scene. So that's my favorite scene. But yeah, the movie that when people ask me, I just say Road Warrior because I just think that car is so cool. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right, and. um so, Trevor, if you had to bring on another partner into your business and the partner had to be a professional athlete, who would that person be and why? All right. So I, uh, I would go with a guy named Nathan Gerby who plays for the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, mm-hmm. He's the smallest player in the NHL. And I think his stats show him as five feet five. Oh, uh, wow. And I got to skate with him. My cousin who passed away uh, in a tragic car accident, but his wife, that's uh, Nathan's sister. And, uh, like, I got to skate with him one year after Christmas, like, on the ice, you know, skates. And I used to play hockey in high school. So, you know, shooting the puck around with him and just the most humble professional athlete I've ever met. Like, you could – stand beside him at a grocery store and he you know just somebody who just has the most humility you're ever going to want to meet and just complete professional like in every sense of the word a professional and yeah I mean being someone who is not like it's what he's done to be a professional player at five feet five I mean yeah I, I stood beside him and I was taller than him and I was like, man, every excuse I've ever made as to playing <laughs> sports just went out the window because yeah. he's five foot five, <laughs> like he's getting after it in pro hockey, you know. And then you're like, wow, like what a what a testament to you know fortitude and character and someone going the distance. So yeah. yeah, I just I look at him and I'm like, man, that guy has got his, you know, to go to that level, you know, because you look at some of these guys and like they they're just they genetically have every advantage yeah. and they've yep. received the best their whole life of training. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and you're just like, that guy doesn't have the genetic traits of a pro player. Like he, you know, but he's like, he's there doing it. So yep. there's no excuses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, seriously. And it, and it's the guys like that that have to work for it. Like you see, and, the, and it's funny because the guys that have the natural abilities and had the best of everything, those are the guys that complain about the contracts and complain about the bad teammate relationships. It's like they have they have everything given to them and yet they're still unhappy. And it's these guys that work as hard as they do, just so humble and so cool to hang around. Like I used to see um, when I was living in Long- Las Vegas, Andre Agassi lived in the area. And I mean, this is like the number one tennis player in the world. And I was throwing the baseball at the park with my brother hitting baseballs. And he comes up with his son. He's like, hey, you guys mind if I hit a few? We're like, uh, sure. And so, you know, he grabs the bat and we're pitching to him. It's just like, and, you know, you see him at the grocery store. It's just guys like that that, that really, you know, are, care about people and, you know, don't let that stuff go to their head. Those are just fantastic human beings. Yeah, so. yeah those are the role models that people need to emulate, guys like yeah. him and Nathan. Yeah, I, t- I totally agree. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of the show, Trevor. Thank you so much. And real quick, where can people find out more about you and what you're up to? Yeah, just go to uncommonhuman.com or uncommoncolumbiasem.com. And uh, on Facebook, LinkedIn, just look look up Trevor Shirk and, yeah, reach out and connect with me. 
That's awesome. And uh, so we always end the show with our guests sharing their favorite quotes. So Trevor, what is your favorite quote? Ooh. I'm totally open to you sharing a couple if you have a couple. <laughs> All right. Uh, I want to make sure I say it right. Give me one second. Yeah, no problem. So definitely the man in the arena. Uh, if you haven't read that one, you need to. Because at the end of the day, the people that are in there doing it are the people that, you know, matter. Like the critics on the sidelines that, you know, criticize everything you ever try to do are going to tell you the 10 reasons why you can't do it. That's they're not value added. Like you have to focus on the one reason why you should do it. That's what matters. You know, and like I remember having conversations with people with our mission while deployed of finding these bombs and IEDs and it was just stupid I mean you know like you're doing something that is not by any means intelligent or uh you know just something that a logical person would do but the reason why was way more powerful than all the objections that could come up as to why we can't do it or all the excuses the reasons why we couldn't so for us it was like hey that one reason why it needs to be done is far more important okay here's the quote from herb brooks this is probably my favorite it's the you can't be common the common man goes nowhere you have to be uncommon I love and it, so love it. obviously that you know filtered into a lot of our you know branding and what we deem you know but that that to me is what you know distinguishes people is that the mentality that you know in whatever area whatever whether it's being a parent an athlete a business person a anything you know you can be you know mediocre average or you can push it and be your absolute best you know go and it doesn't mean you have to be the greatest at anything it just means you have to give all that you got to do deliver the most so yeah that's definitely my favorite quote uh yeah that's about can't think of any others that pop right up all right well hey thank you so much for sharing and um Thanks again, Trevor, for being on the show, and thank you for your service. We, I know so many people are going to benefit so much from this interview, so thank you. Hey, no, thank you, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. And then, so for those of you guys listening who want to find out more about the Yield Mastermind group, please check us out at yieldmastermind.com. We're on Facebook, Twitter, uh, YouTube, and of course, iTunes and Stitcher. Please subscribe, and with that, we will see you guys next week.